0: Welcome to The Stories She Sings, where we bring messages of biblical women to life through inspired songs. We hope this podcast will be a place of rest, refuge, and refreshing in the presence of God. Welcome to The Stories She Sings. This is Lynn Grant, and I love this opportunity to come and feast with you. To sit at your side and even if virtually and just spend some quiet time. I want you to imagine, if you will, that you are in a cozy setting, a comfortable space, a place where you feel safe, a place where you can be edified and uplifted. This is a place for you to come and to be filled, to have your well, Filled with living water. Many of you are busy mothers and grandmothers. Maybe you're working a full time job, but this is an hour of peace and rest. And I just hope that it may be dedicated and consecrated to you no matter what time of the day you find time to listen and to experience this podcast, the stories she sings. You may find that you prefer to take the podcast in segments, it is 59 minutes and about 49 seconds. You may find that it's better for you to take it in three segments and listen to the beginning and the song, the middle and the song and the ending and do journaling in between. However you choose to do it, whether you choose to do that in the middle of the night when everybody else is sleeping, just know that much of this material was written and journaled and penned and scripted in the middle of the night. Because at one time, I was a very busy mom with four children and could barely find time to just sit as Mary of Bethany and sup at the Savior's feet. A lot of our day as mothers, as women, is spent in doing the Martha chores of the day, And I have found that as I consecrate each and every action that I do for my family, that it becomes a sacred performance. So whether you're making a meal or you are cleaning the kitchen or you are scrubbing the shower tile or you're just wiping a little runny nose or changing a diaper, know that you can even have this podcast on in the background. But my favorite thing would be if you could find some precious time when maybe the children are sleeping maybe your husband is sleeping maybe you can't sleep and then you can take your journal and slip away into a cozy place and have some sacred time today as i pondered what would i like to bring to you today my heart is full there's so many options there's so many opportunities there's so much content that I can share with you, but the thought that came to me today was to go back to the women, the matriarchs of the Old Testament, and what messages would those matriarchs give to us if they were speaking to modern-day women? There has been a great opportunity in my life to be able to ponder these women one at a time, to read their stories, to focus on Their strengths and their, maybe even their weaknesses and what they, places where maybe they have felt like they fell short and realize that we are so much the same, no matter how the dimensions or the decades or the centuries even separate us, that we are all women and we are all coming unto the Lord. Now, in Old Testament time, these women did not get to walk or talk face-to-face with the Savior. He hadn't even come yet. They didn't even have records about His healings or His ministry as we do in modern day, in the 21st century. We have the New Testament to go back and to ponder how it might have been to feel as though we were one of those women. But the women in the Old Testament had to learn To love the Lord, their God, with all their heart, might, mind, and strength, and to learn to be women of principle, to learn to have character, to be leaders, each one in their own right. And here's a woman today that I want to start off this podcast that didn't really have much written about her, yet she is very applicable to women of the 21st century. There are many women who find themselves in a second wife position or even a third wife or fourth wife position. There are blended families going on in the 21st century. Have you considered Queen Vashti? Queen Vashti is a woman that I had overlooked when I wrote the songs for the CD called The Crowning Jewel. But one day, probably a year and a half ago, I went back and I was really touched by something in a book that I read called Courageous Faith. And it was such a fascinating, such a fascinating thought about Queen Vashti and what her role was and what she might have gone through as the first wife of the King which has sometimes his name has been shortened to Xerxes because it's a very hard name to pronounce. So for the sake of pronunciation, we will just call him King Xerxes. And he became the husband of his second wife, Queen Esther. But it was not without some discomfort and pain and sorrow upon the part of Queen Vashti. And so, one day, as I was feeling the pain of having been a first wife, having experienced what it feels like to be a second wife, and having, even now, being in the third wife position, um, my husband's former wife passed away, and the previous wife, uh, they experienced a divorce. And have a great love for the first wife and a great appreciation for the second wife, but it left me in a position where I did not really know my place. And so this helped me to understand the role of the first wife. And one day as I was pondering Queen Vashti, I asked if I, what it would be like if I could interview her The way I get to interview people on Joy Coaching America for Saturday shows, I get to sit and talk to them and ask them about their lives. And this is a different format. This is just me sharing from my heart with you. But in that moment, in that early divine appointment, I began to write and I began to let myself experience what it might have been like to feel like Queen Vashti. Now, if you don't know the story of Queen Vashti, I recently did a podcast about Queen Esther, and I mentioned Queen Vashti. She was the first wife, and the scriptures aren't really clear as to whether she was executed or exiled for insubordination, because it has been said and passed down, and and what is the true story? We are not quite sure, but I've heard... People say that she wouldn't dance naked before the court, uh, her king's court, and she was a very beautiful woman, but she also had principle, and she had integrity, and she was a woman of character, and so she refused. And because of that, the leaders of the nation and those that were those who spoke with the king said, men of the kingdom, said you need to put her away for insubordination or the other wives of the kingdom will follow her example and be insubordinate to their own husbands. And so as I share this with you, and then I will share the lyrics to a song that I wrote for Vashti that that have not yet had the instrumental put to them. So it is a song without an instrumental. One never knows when one will have to stand up and defend one's own allegiance, when you may be put to the test to choose between God and the man you love. My story is a much secluded one. The details are only sparsely addressed in the scrolls of ancient scripture. But suffice it to say, I was never heralded for my choice to uphold my integrity. I was ridiculed by the people of my kingdom. I was a queen set apart from my kingdom, which was rich in idolatry and sacrilege. When I was commanded to come forth and parade myself before the court of the king's men, I refused to do so. I had no desire to be gazed upon by lecherous eyes and fantasized about by men who were drunken with lasciviousness. I was weary of my husband's idolatrous practices and pompous ways. He admired no one but himself. He set himself up as a god of this world and cared nothing about the needs of the people of his kingdom. He used his wealth, falsely accumulated, to devastate the humble and to add to his immoral conduct and dominion. So when I was demanded and commanded to come forth, Unclothed once again, for his own self-satisfaction and unrighteous dominion, I refused. To refuse to honor and obey one's husband was unlawful in my culture, but to be guilty of insubordination was inexcusable. I knew when I refused his demand that I would lose everything, to be exiled was the very least of the punishments I expected. To be executed would probably be the more assumable outcome for a woman seated in such a high place in the kingdom. I was only favored because God himself had adorned me with physical beauty. My husband lusted after me, calling me Vashti, which means most desired. To be paraded about only hurt the hearts of the other women, and that was never my wish, nor was it my desire. When I refused the command which summoned me to dance immodestly before the court, I knew that I was sacrificing my position, my power, my wealth, my accumulation, my throne, and my present life. I knew that another would rise to my station and that I would be easily replaced. These thoughts paraded through my mind in a split second. What will become of me if I refuse my husband? Quickly, I honored the feelings of virtue, which had been squelched inside my soul for those years that I had advanced from a mere concubine to the station of favored wife. But to me, it meant very little For when one's husband has 360 concubines, one does not feel very favored at all. I am the queen of those women who had experienced what it felt like to sacrifice, to bless, to honor, to rise to the role of wife, only to be disregarded and replaced. But I knew in my heart of hearts, when that edict was placed before me, that I only had one choice. That choice opened the way for the king to part the curtain and entertain the hope that another would replace me. I did not know that my allegiance to my own intuition would pave the way for my successor, Queen Esther, nor did I comprehend the meaning of my resignation For I knew when I resigned from my place in the palace that I was disrobing myself, dismantling myself, removing my worldly crown so that a beautiful, pure Jewish handmaiden of the Lord could rise to a position where her people could be saved and the messianic lineage preserved. It would be done to bear the vessel of the Lord Mary to come forth as divine royalty and pure nobility to bear the true king of both heaven and earth. Though I did not understand that my choice to remain virtuous by refusing the whims of a worldly king that it would pave the way for Esther to be crowned with a worldly crown and a place of honor whereby Her goodness would save generations of people who might never have experienced mortality when their predecessor parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents and beyond might have never lived to give them birth. I was a queen upon the earth who gave up my crown willingly to set an example of integrity and virtue for the women in that kingdom Thousands of years ago, the women of that kingdom were frightened by the horrible outcome of my virtuous choice. I was mocked and ridiculed and made an example for my honor to the Most High God and my insubordination to a mortal man who wore a crown and called himself king. My fate was not revealed in the book of scripture known as the Bible. I was not heralded for my righteousness, but rebuked and made a slave to a false Lord and master. I was succeeded by a queen who saw my outcome, who answered God's call to fulfill her destiny. She took up the crown that I surrendered in order to set an example of virtue for the women of God's kingdom, for centuries to come. Thank you for honoring my choice. Thank you for recognizing my purity of heart. Thank you for being willing to see and comprehend that Esther's call could only be fulfilled in my absence. I honored God's injunction that I live and bow down to him and his divine will and perfect purpose for me. In doing so, Esther was crowned queen and became the beloved second wife. For women who are called to give up their crown in today's world and who live to watch another reign in her stead, I salute you. I know of your pain, but I also can bear testimony of the glory that will one day be yours. For whenever you honor God, whenever you put him first, there will always be an eventual glorious outcome. And so for those of you who have given up, sacrificed, forfeited your station, your crown, your place as first wife, if you have done so for the sake of righteousness, I bear this message to your souls that when you surrender yourself to God because of unrighteous dominion, There will be blessings crowned up upon your head in the hereafter when you return to the royal courts in heaven. There are riches on this earth that cannot compare with the riches of eternity. The wealth of this lower world is nothing in comparison to the joy that the righteous will enjoy who have endured much sorrow, pain, and suffering in their enslavement or entrapment by those who are called to be a true husbandman, but who have forfeited their own integrity and virtue for the pleasure of this world. Though men may mock and scorn you for a season, God will not be mocked. He will not allow his fair and precious daughters to suffer unmercifully at the hands of wicked and foul oppressors forever. There will come an end to the suffering of those of you who have been rejected by men, replaced by men, refused by men. Many blessings are waiting in store for those seemingly forgotten women who have suffered For righteousness' sake, fear not, for God is faithful. And his ears are open to those who cry unto him for mercy. He is mighty to save. This is my message. To those first wives who have suffered heartbreak and heartache because of a lack of virtue, on the part of their spouse. And remember, the fate of the second wife is not always the fairer. I wanted to share that with you this morning. There are many, many women who are suffering for no fault of their own. Not to say that they are blameless, but there are many women who are pure, and virtuous, and who are striving to be true and faithful and obedient followers of Christ, and who have experienced horrific abuse at the hands of foul oppressors. And this podcast is a very tender subject. It is a very crucial conversation if you know of somebody who is in a predicament like this, to understand that Queen Vashti also experienced that kind of unrighteous dominion where she was expected to do things that went against her spirit, her sense of her own divinity, her own royalty, and her own nobility. If you have ever experienced anything like this, Then you know what i'm talking about if you have not consider yourself very very blessed i want to share with you something that i wrote in tears and this was a beautiful blessing and blend called queen vashti's promise and it's actually a little blend of essential oils and if you have these oils you could make this blend yourself. It's 12 drops of frankincense, 12 drops of cedarwood, 12 drops of sandalwood, 12 drops of jasmine, 12 drops of melissa, and 12 drops of rose. It's three different tree oils being frankincense, sandalwood, and cedarwood, which are from the Bible, and three beautiful oils that are high vibration for the heart jasmine melissa and rose if you don't have a moment you could turn this off you could go create that blend or you could just remember that this uh, comes in at this point and you are able to then listen to this blessing and come back to this point in the podcast close your eyes and let your self be relaxed take big deep inhaling breaths anoint yourself under your nose over your forehead over your heart with a beautiful oil whether that's frankincense or rose or melissa or jasmine or cedarwood or sandalwood and and then do it again when you have time to create this blend now we're going to take big, deep, inhaling breaths. As I breathe in the oil of long-suffering, I am reminded of the promise of my eternal Father in heaven to those who suffer for righteousness' sake. As a daughter of God, living upon this earth at this time, I look to those queens who preceded me At times I think that their fate may have been loftier and more glamorous than my own. I fantasize upon the gowns and the crowns and the beauty they possessed, wondering if their mortal lives were more romantic than mine. I am reminded of Queen Vashti, who laid down her beautiful flowing worldly robe and shining headdress to show her integrity to the cause of purity and virtue. She forsook the God of this world and was exiled from her place in the palace. The crown she took up that angels set upon her head after she had laid down her worldly estate was indeed a crown of blessings, though it appeared to be a crown of thorns. The riches of eternity which she inherited were far more than the gold and silver that she once possessed. I understand that there is no worldly sacrifice that I can make that will cut me off from my divine inheritance of love, joy, and peace in a far better world to come. Though I may not be recognized for my divine role, by those I serve, bless and attend to, minister to. There is one who knows and sees my heart. He counts every loving act of kindness and pure charity.
1: He sees every teardrop as a gem embedded in my eternal crown.
0: I labor in this, my mortal life, to secure a far better place in heaven. I labor to increase my character, to become a wise and loving leader. While others may have their reward here upon the earth, the jewels, the true jewels that I seek to obtain
1: are those invisible ones, those divine attributes of Christ even the attributes of charity, long-suffering, purity, virtue, kindness, gentleness, meekness, enduring love,
0: and more. I comprehend now that I may not receive my mansion here upon this earth,
1: I may even watch my worldly inheritance evade me to be given to another in my stead. But this I know as I prove true and faithful in all things. I shall have a glorious crown of righteousness in the world to come. I am touched, moved, and inspired by Queen Vashti's promise. As I breathe in this sacred oil of the Bible, I find a
0: renewed sense of peace as I understand that she gracefully bowed out so that her place could be passed on to another whose mission it was ordained to save the Jewish lineage. Queen Vashti fulfilled her purpose calling and mission
1: nobly. It was Queen Esther the second wife's mission to prepare the way for the first coming of the world. For the coming of the King and true Messiah. I know and believe that God has reserved a place for me in his royal court above. The place, the palace that shall supersede and outlast any earthly sorrow that I may have experienced in
0: my realization that all that glitters on this earth is not
1: gold. I find my strength in cleaving to the Lord, Jehovah, the Redeemer of Israel, the Prince of Peace, the Almighty. He is my noble King. I lay upon the altar my dream, of my happily ever after as I once believed it should unfold before me, knowing that God will arrange for my endless and eternal
0: joys in the world to come.
2: to heaven, home to you. I bend down before thee. My heart is full of love. How can I know you feel it? Your heart swell, you know it's me again. I have heard your prayers, my sweet, tender friend. I listen when you sing to me, your feelings sweetly soar on heavenly wings. They fly to me, come often and adore. Now I know you see That in my heart is true love Meant for Thee It's why I God longs to adore thee, to know you still love me.
0: share the lyrics to this song with you. I want to um, just share that when this song came, it was in January of 2020. And then COVID hit in March. And so I never did get back to the recording studio, nor did I ever get an instrumental made for this yet. And we're still quarantining a little bit and the recording studio is still closed But I just want to share this with you because I feel that the lyrics to this song really touched my heart. And in having experienced being a first wife, having experienced being a second wife, having experienced being a third wife, I can tell you that each one of those roles has its own things to work through. And so If you are the first wife, what a beautiful blessing. If you have a worthy and righteous husband, if you are a single woman, hoping that you can find someone that maybe has never been married before and praying for a righteous husband who will love you and love God and love and honor his covenants and the covenants that he makes with you. I totally salute that and serenade that. If if you are a woman who has gone through a divorce or a separation because of unfaithfulness in your marriage, I can tell you that I also understand that and that I have experienced that kind of sorrow. And so as I was able to ponder the life of Queen Vashti, it was a beautiful experience for me to be able to put myself in her place. So this is written from first person. I was desired for my beauty, though my heart was left unknown. One in 1,000 women, perhaps favored but alone, adorned with gowns, a crown of gold, with my story left untold. Pacing floors behind palace doors, my heart was weary, but grew bold. My husband was a king of old. He desired to be the richest man in Babylon, but lived in poverty, no riches of eternity, no wealth of spirit's light. Darkness consumed his bitter heart, worldly ways his one delight. This is the chorus. I must choose whom I will serve the God of heaven or of hell. I must choose my master to drink from heaven's well. I must choose virtue over vice, my husband's plot. I could not choose
1: a lukewarm life. A queen must be burning hot.
0: He bid me dance before his court. I refused him. I would not. I would not sell my virtue, parade for his foolish plot. I would remove my worldly crown, take off my gold, spun gown, shut out from those cold castle walls before God, I must bow down. I never knew by doing so, Queen Esther would rise up to serve the Jewish nation. I must drink a bitter cup, lay down a life of grandeur. I must embrace my silent pain, deny the king who was my husband for my own eternal gain. I chose that day whom I would serve, the God of heaven, not of hell. I chose God as my Lord, my king. I chose to drink from heaven's well. I chose the path of virtue over vice. That loathsome plot, I would not be found lukewarm. A true king is burning hot. No one knows my victory. No one heralds my wise choice. No one knew my tender heart. No one heard my trembling voice whispering as I left this world.
1: May God receive my soul. Encircled there, By angels fair, whispering,
0: Your faith hath made thee whole. Truly,
1: it is my prayer
0: for you this morning as I record this podcast. No matter what time of the day or the night, that you are able to find some sacred space and time for yourself to gather your beautiful oils of the Bible, to find a cozy blanket to nestle up with your journal and your scriptures and to write the thoughts that come to your mind, I want to talk to you a little bit about the joy of scripting. The joy of being able to put your pen to the paper or your fingers to your computer and just close your eyes and let words proceed into your mind and through your fingertips. Let those Let those thoughts, those heavenly thoughts, those divine thoughts come into your mind and let them be written and keep a record and write about the things that God would have you take note of. I can tell you that this practice of having a divine appointment has been one of the greatest joys since my childhood. And I started doing this very young, at a very young age. I found myself just pulling away from the crowds and the masses at school. And yes, while I had some very dear, precious friends, I I really missed feeling a heavenly communication. And I found that the more that I tuned in to the Spirit, the more joyful my heart was, the happier I was. And this practice has gone with me through my life. And I can tell you that there have been times when I've allowed myself to get too busy and I've stopped with this practice, but every time I make it my morning ritual or my middle-of-the-night ritual, depending on what season of my life I was going through, I can tell you that it has brought me such beautiful spiritual rewards and dividends. And I pray for that for you. I pray that you will feel Invited to start creating your very own divine appointment. If you haven't already started that. And if you've already started that, if that's already a practice, then, then weekly, perhaps you can invite me in through this podcast to share with you and to bring questions that I post in the show notes and bring ideas and thoughts to journal about or to ponder. Now, as I move through the pages of this journal, I want to share something with you that I call it a, a download. And this was downloaded in 2004. And when this happens, it just feels like such a sacred experience. And I know that this podcast isn't for the whole world. It's it's for a precious and few. It's for those that I have personally invited to come and to sup with the Spirit And so I share these things with you because I know the kind of woman that this will attract are kindred spirits who have a love for the Lord in common and who are seeking for a better world and who would love to just be able to find a group of friends, a close-knit community of women who also love the Lord, but who are striving to develop their characters and to to fashion themselves with the divine attributes of Christ. And so I'd like to share this with you. Cherish your ancient sisters. My beloved daughter, cherish the women of the scriptures. Each one has her very own spiritual gifts of love, light, and truth to to bestow upon you their little sister. Cherish their stories and the gifts that the memory of each one can bring to you in these latter days. Matriarchs for modern times. Cherish Queen Esther, who rose from orphan to queen by keeping her divine appointment with God each day. Cherish Queen Vashti, who because of her love of virtue, sacrificed her place so that Queen Esther could fulfill her mission, calling, and purpose. Cherish the women of the old scriptures, the Old Testament. Cherish the women of the new scriptures, the New Testament. Cherish Mary of Bethany as thine own dear friend. Cherish Mary of Magdala as thine own kindred relative. Cherish the woman at the well as thine own kindred heart. Cherish the widow who gave her last mite. Cherish Sarah, the mother of many nations. Cherish Eve, the mother of all living. Cherish Mary, the mother of Jesus. Cherish the women whose names you recall. Cherish the women who lived and died without their stories ever being told. You are a daughter to some of these women through the ancestral lines. Wouldn't it be wonderful to know our genealogy and to know if there are any women that lived in the New Testament that are your great-great, many, many, many greats back, grandmother or cousin or aunt. We are of the lineage of Joseph. Many, we are of the lineage of the 12 tribes of Israel. We come through the God of Jacob and Isaac and Abraham. And whose lineage is he from? But generations back to the Savior Jesus Christ. Isn't it wonderful to think that we all may literally have the DNA and the blood of the Savior Jesus Christ. You may be a descendant of women who knew me. Do not doubt your heritage, child. You may have mothers and sisters who walked in my day. Their blood may course through your veins, the image of their countenances viewed by mortal eyes, may have been visited in your own being, having traveled
1: many generations. You may be the daughter of ancient queens,
0: of ancient women in scripture, and I would like for you to ponder that. We know that we all share a beautiful mother in common, actually two, And so I'm going to go to uh, the song about Eve. And this song is called The Crowning Jewel. And so I would love to share with you now this song, The Crowning Jewel, and have you ponder Eve. And before I do that, I'm going to share what if Eve could write you an epistle? Maybe it would sound something like this My daughters. If I could sit with each one of you, the first thing I would want you to know is that I am your mother and that my heart swells with divine love for you. Though there may be generations upon generations between us, still my heart beats eagerly for you to know the truth, that you might also have the opportunity to experience joy in your mortality. Knowing this makes us all one great big eternal family. And as the mother of all living, I wish you to see that there will be no empty chairs in heaven. I lived and died so that all the sons and daughters of God, the eternal father, could be born into mortality and choose to find their own path that leads back home to him. Behold one another, As your sister and as your brother, seek to know your stewardship in behalf of anyone who steps upon your mortal path. For no one should be left behind, and crossing paths is a good indication that you have a stewardship with each soul you chance to meet, if even but to offer up a prayer for them. Encircle everyone you come to meet in mortality with the encompassing power of prayer, bestowing a blessing upon each soul, even silently, that they might come to know the fruit that is sweeter than all that is sweet and pure above all that is pure. That each person who crosses your path, that you might be reminded, is your brother, Is your sister, and that you have a stewardship to bless them silently in a whisper or with a smile and an unheard prayer, sharing with them the pure love of Christ. Mine is a message of experiencing both the bitter and the sweet. The law of opposition, you will come to know and treasure the sweetness of life. You have descended by the fall of your first parents into a world of choice and accountability, of consequences for every choice that is or ever has been made, either joyful or sorrowful. You have come to an earthly abode to learn to discern for yourself between darkness and light, between good and evil, between truth and error, between hate and love, between mercy and justice. Choose wisely the fruit that you will partake of. Choose wisely the legacy that you will leave for your sons and daughters, for your brothers and sisters here upon
1: this glorious planet.
0: Though a plan of salvation has been placed before you, still you must realize that consequences at times must write out the ripple effects of choices made without considering the outcomes, and that may be generational as well. You have been born into a long line of progenitors that have made choices long before you ever came to this planet, long before you ever inherited their DNA. And it is now your turn on earth to choose what you will become. In my life, I knew that if I resisted the fruit of the tree of which I was commanded not to partake, that I would also forfeit the blessing of becoming the mother of all living. Thus, the inheritance of my eternal offspring would have been forfeited by my alternate choice, To remain in a state of innocent oblivion, never truly partaking of joy, because I would neither experience its counterbalance, called sorrow. How could I come to know the sweet if I did not first experience the bitter? Choosing joy was the crowning jewel of my mortal life. And joy is not the absence of sorrow, but the experience of opposition in all things. And so I chose the harder path, and I was exiled from the garden as well, wherein time stood perfectly still in grace and heavenliness, so that I could come to understand the joys and sorrows of being a woman, a mother, a wife. These experiences gave me tastes of both the bitter and the sweet, that I might learn to cleave with all my heart, my mind, and strength to partake of joy by cleaving to my covenants to God, thereby raising up wonderful seed and generations of God's spirit children who were also offered the chance, each one, to experience life and light or death and darkness. Through my choice to partake of the fruit of good and evil, I did so fully believing that I would begin and be given the opportunity to conceive the family of man, of which many of you, my daughters, have taken part in by also multiplying and replenishing the earth as mothers. And to those of you who have not yet conceived children, but who have believed in the joys of womanhood, you shall come to experience a fullness of joy as well, if not in this life, then in the hereafter, where eternal progression shall continue rippling on and on. What if we could sit and talk with these women our matriarchs of Old Testament times. What if they could be the ones to come into a quiet place, a quiet room, and sit and visit with us, nurture us, comfort us, assure us that they too went through hard and treacherous and difficult times. Not one of them made it through this life without experiencing sorrow, opposition, grief, sadness. And so as we proceed to learn of these women, to know them as mortals, to know them as mortal mothers, I would also like to invite you to ponder this. Recently, a friend of mine said that she wanted to begin doing a podcast so that she could leave a legacy for her children. She said, my children don't really know me. And it may not be until after I die that they will be willing to listen to my heart and know my spirit. And I I hope and pray that as you come to this podcast, that you will find embedded in these moments that you share with me the beautiful understandings, the beautiful stories of women in the scriptures and come to know them as sisters in Christ, as mothers, as matriarchs, as women of old who have wisdom to impart and to share, as well as comfort to bring to each and every one of us. I'm going to be ending this podcast with Eve's song called The Crowning Jewel and hope that you will listen to it several times and that the message in between the lines will sink deeply into your hearts. As we prepare for the month of May, we are preparing for a beautiful Mother's Day and there will be more women in the scriptures to rejoice over their beautiful gifts as matriarchs and mentors in modern day.
2: When sleep was washed from my mortal eyes, I gazed at you softly, I surmounted Could true joy be the crowning jewel? Must my heart bleed to taste God's love so pure? The garden passed, the hands of time stood still. Heaven held its breath, Eden was my will. This tree of life, such precious fruit to waste A mother's love, the sweeter joy to taste The crowning jewel, the life that's lived for others My sacrifice to die to be the mother I called each blossom each bud, each flower by name, but to have joy, a child must quench my pain. I gazed on you, love seedling turned to flower. Joy filled my heart, I felt tremendous power. God's help. My choice was made in love The serpent was my heart, a harmless dove Beloved man, my soul must walk this way God prepared my heart for come what may Eden garden, his sweet scenario garden on earth below the crowning jewel your love that spills for others my sacrifice to be your Eden mother I called each blossom each bird, each flower by name I partook for your the crowning joy, your blood that spills for others. God sends his son to be us eldest brother.
0: As I close this podcast this morning. I want to send you so much love. I want to send you blessings from the matriarchs in heaven, the matriarchs who lived in Old Testament time. We are just embarking on the beginning of the journey of studying the lives of these women, the sacrifices they made, the sorrows that they experienced, and the wisdom that they gained. And I am so excited to be a voice for them and to share some of these love letters and these epistles that have come to me in the wee hours of the morning today I was able to share Queen Vashti and Queen Queen Vashti's heart and and also a little bit about what Eve might speak to us if she could share with us the feelings of her heart to understand that that when we experience opposition that we it doesn't mean we are failing that's what this life is all about is to to experience the bitter to experience the sweet and then to choose for ourselves what we would like more of and then to choose to live and to embrace our covenants so that we can experience more peace, more joy, more love, more hope, more faith in our Savior Jesus Christ. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Go to the show notes and answer the questions and ponder, and we will be back with another episode of The Story As She Sings.